Welcome to the Hedge for Humanity podcast, where we explore innovative ideas and the forward-thinking people behind them. In this episode, Brandon Veneta speaks with Scott Santens about the ever-evolving landscape of universal basic income. Scott is a passionate UBI advocate, speaks and writes frequently on the topic, and it was a real pleasure having him on the show. One final note, we had a little trouble with Scott's connection during the latter half of our conversation. This is something we will work to avoid in future episodes. So thanks for bearing with us as we continue to improve. Anyways, happy listening and hope you enjoy. Awesome, awesome. So uh, Scott, most of our community um, and people that are in basic income definitely um, have heard your name. You're, you're one of the most uh, recognized names in this community. Um, could you give us a brief introduction of uh, your past and how you've um, come about to learn about basic income and basically devote your whole life to this uh, movement? <laughs> yeah, so uh, really I'm just a, I'm just a guy who uh, you know started really thinking about where we were going in the future uh, just back in 2013 before the Oxford report came out. So uh, there really was no discussion at the time about where, um, you know, where we're headed as far as automation goes and um, this discussion at the front page of, of Reddit. And it was all about, you know, we are moving so quickly technologically at this point and, no one really understands uh, that and and what it means, and um, so like all of Reddit got together to you know really discuss this, and there was a lot of it was just fascinating discussion, and there's stuff there that I didn't hadn't heard of before that I had thought that I had been following uh, as far as technology goes, and it was new to me. Like I didn't know that we had already been automating trucks already, like in 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 mines, like those giant like robotic trucks and with the intention of automating the entire fleets by 2020. And so in, from that perspective, uh, I just thought, holy crap, like this is a really big deal and no one's really talking about it. What should we do? And so I started researching, kind of just thinking about the future, kind of options that we had and came across basic income and started reading more about that. And uh, as I read more about it, it just got from, you know, this is a possibility for the future to, holy crap, we could have done this decades ago and we <laughs> should have done this possibly even centuries ago, like the founding of our country. Like, um, you know, it, it, I just, I, I, we're getting in the evidence of it. It was just like, wow, this is, this just makes all the sense in the world. And it's just going to make more and more sense. It's going to be, we absolutely need it. Uh, each passing year, it's like more and more necessary. And so when I reached that point, I was like, well, I just, I can't spend any time in good conscience, you know, working on anything else except for this. Like I've got to do everything I can because this is just extremely important uh, for like human civilization, I feel. It's just that important. So at in uh, I started researching, um, Started, I, I became like the moderator of the basic income subreddit and you know that involves a lot of reading and um, then I started 
started writing stuff around, I think it was like 2014, 2015 is when I started my blog. Um, and then I, I, in late 2015, no, late, late 2014, I started uh, yeah, crowdfunding my own basic income on Patreon. And um, I was able to achieve that so that starting in, in the beginning of 2016, and ever since then, I've started each month with a basic income floor of a thousand dollars, you know, every month. So that's what I get. I know that on the first of every month, I've got that, and mm -hmm. then I can always earn, you know, anything else on top of it through wherever. Uh, but I've got that that foundation, and so I've learned a lot even having that. And of course, having it has enabled me to focus on this full time. You know, so I. I, I achieved what I my goal was, which is I just can't imagine not spending any time not on this. And here I am now. I've been devoting my time on this constantly, uh, you know, since then. So um, now I've been focused on this since since 2013. And yeah, it's it's, uh, it's grown quite a bit. And and here I was like when I first started writing my blog posts, it was really kind of the the impetus of that was reading these articles and stuff online where it just seemed to be screaming like it should be mentioning basic income. Yeah. And it didn't. So I was like, all right, well, I've got to write these articles because <laughs> no one else is. And, uh, and also my part of my strategy was like, well, at some point in the future, people are going to be searching for basic income stuff and, um, you know, from a lot of different angles. And, uh, and so it's like, well, let's, I've got to like get those seeds out there so that when the time comes, people are able to really explore this topic in depth from a lot of different angles. And so that the time really is, I'm seeing that now where people are really starting to explore this and they're just finding the stuff that I've written, um, you know, to a lot greater, uh, lot greater degree just on their own through search engines and mm -hmm. recommending it to each other and that kind of thing. So it's been really exciting. And of course, Andrew Yang is a, a huge part of this as well to see him running for president on basic income and, and the huge Yang gang that's been formed. Yeah, yeah. A lot of passionate people that are really into this as well. So yeah, it's a really exciting time. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's a similar time when I got into more of the digital asset world. And then that kind of evolved into my basic income advocacy. Um, and what's interesting to me is how, how successful you were to achieve your basic income. Um, because that is a very difficult thing to crowdsource, uh, as I'm learning on this. Um, and, but what it does like from the economic security, because we've gone down, this is like, we've devoted our whole lives basically to this whole thing and going down economic insecurity, it takes a lot of mental bandwidth off of like into, um, just your energy and, and it's a real thing. Um, so if you can have that economic security and get the heads up, uh, it, it creates a whole nother layer of creativity and all this. So that's yeah. Really One of the first things I ever learned through the crowdfunding of my basic income was it was interesting because I kind of lived with a slightly larger basic income each month through 2015. So, you know, it was like, I don't know what the exact numbers were, but let's say it was like $200 per month, uh, you know, in, in, in January and 300 in February and 400 in 
you know, March, that kind of thing. So it, it eventually till at the end of the year when I had like a thousand dollars per month and, and had achieved what I wanted to achieve. But along the way, I noticed that, that even just being able to know that say $400 per month, you know, was going to, I was going to start that next month with that amount. Um, it made a huge difference, just this feeling of, of security. So it's like, it wasn't enough to pay for, for like rent and stuff, but like just knowing that that was there as a floor, as a starting point, mm. um, you know, really made a big difference. So this, uh, and, and it was an emotional feeling. It was this, yeah. it, it, I, I've tried to describe this before as saying that I didn't know um, what security was like until I had it. You know, it, it's, it's this, I had read about it, you know, and I'd even read arguments. And I, I remember uh, going to, you know, hearing a lecture before about how basic income should be talked about as being security. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But like, it didn't really resonate. And, and I think that's, that's part of it is, is so many people, it's like insecurity is normal. And so it's like this normalization mm -hmm. of this instability and worry and kind of stress. And then once you actually have some security, then you, you should like oh like this that's this, what it feels like yeah right, this, no, this is like a big deal this is like yeah. this is this is really important and so you know now you suddenly suddenly get it so it's like also kind of a, a catch twenty two situation I feel where where I agree that security is a is a huge part of the reason for basic income but people won't know it how important it is until they get it too <laughs> so. That's a really interesting way to look at it because I, that, I can't explain it either like very well. You did a very good job there. But like, and that's why I think we've gone through this insecurity thing from our team too of like knowing what and recognizing it um, and how, how, what it does to you and the decision making and all that. Um, it, it's a huge burden on society as a whole and like you said, if you don't feel the difference, like if you don't even consciously know the difference, then how can we like, how can we expect other people to know what having economic security feels like, <laughs> you know, yeah. drowning in debt. Um, and also something that was exciting is you uh, introduced Andrew Yang's book. I remember in like February, right? Weren't you mm -hmm. moderating that interview or I, I forgot. Um, no, no. So I, I, I did an interview with Chris Hughes when he launched his book. And so I was part of that book launch um, oh, with Andrew Yang. Yeah. Uh, he sent me like a, a preview copy. And so I was like actually trying to get that out. Like I, I did like a huge Twitter thread going through his book, um, you know, like tweet by tweet for a while, uh, well before it was launched. So that was kind of like a lot, trying to get people with uh, you know, the, the pre-buy kind of thing. Cool, yeah, that, I might have, I guess I got those two confused. I do recall the fair shot one too with Chris Hughes. Um, very cool. So um, yeah, since basic income has gotten quite a bit of momentum, uh, how have you seen the landscape uh, changing and evolving and then where do you see this going in the next quarter, two quarters, year out from now, um, as you see it from your perspective? Yeah. So in in the U.S., I, obviously this is all. This is Andrew Yang is the is the center of the universe um, as far as basic income goes, and well until the um, election. So 
as as we get towards that, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, we've got the his first debate coming up, and then he's also in the second debate too. So that's I think it's end of June, and um, then the second debate is either in July or August, I think. And um, and so we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, I, I expect that there'll be a boost, and it, of course it'll be a huge thing to have basic income be discussed uh, on, a, on a national you know, stage with uh, a lot of eyes on it and discussed seriously. You know, this isn't just some like fringe candidate, you know, talking about something crazy. Like this is like a real policy that people increasing all, all of the world are talking about. And it has a lot of support uh, and growing support in the U S and that presidents are having to take a presidential candidates are having to take a stance on. And, um, you know, so far, Andrew Yang um, is the one bringing it, but I expect even some other candidates to start to say, yeah, it's a, it's a good idea. Like, uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg has already spoken. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't say he's, he hasn't endorsed it, but he's spoken about it in a way that he, he, he thinks it's, you know, could be important. And, um, you know, he thinks of it as like, you know, he hasn't looked into it much, so he's thinking like the it's it's a work disincentive that you know we should pay people for working and da da da. So he doesn't quite get it, but at least he's he is he is not like spoken against it as say um, you know uh, Joe Biden is is anti basic income and um, uh, Beto O'Rourke has is anti basic income. Um, you know, so it's interesting too to see them being asked by them, you know, and Bernie Sanders even too, where, where someone asked, hey, so what do you think about this? And he said, oh, I've got a better idea than basic income. I, I think job guarantee, which was which is a real shame to see because for years he'd been increasing his support for basic income with each time he was asked, really. Like there, there you could see this thread going towards where he, he seemed to be more and more interested in, in, in uh, being openly for basic income. As in like it felt like he was – he he liked it, but let's say there was a political hesitance behind it, uh, mm-hmm. just purely politically, strategically thinking. And so then, for him to come out against it and for job guarantee as an alternative, then um, you know that was real, real disappointing to see. But it's again, I think it's a political decision, and that's what we're seeing is like politicians having to make that this political decision. Um, as it being, you know, that's how a lot of people are going to inform their choices. So it's been, it's, it's fascinating to see that basic income has gotten to the point where you do need to take a stance and it's a, it's a serious thing to take a stance on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll be, uh, the next year or so. Um, and I, I still see it as an, an inevitable, um, turn of events, um, whether governments can get their act together or the free market comes around it, I think we'll, we'll do it no matter what. Um, and, and so that leads me into this next question, um, is where do you see, uh, like digital currencies in this free market approach playing a role? If, if you do, uh, see that as a pivotal piece, as a form into the, yeah. Paradigm. So, so I think that uh, I think to really uh, enact a full like universal basic income across the country, uh, you need the government in order to do that. But at the same time, I think that 
these, uh, say, cryptocurrency approaches uh, or even non-cryptocurrency, but say just you know, kind of private mechanism approaches uh, that have nothing to do with cryptocurrency, are it's entirely possible to use that to build support overall, um, both nationally and internationally, for this concept uh, to get people to understand it and, and even to enact it now so you can have like partial basic incomes right now um, within, you know, four people spread out across the world, as you're saying, you know, MANA uh, achieves that, but you can also have these implementations where, you know, you can do this within, um, you know, a city or, or within like a community. Um, you know, you, you can, you can have these scales go from, from all over the place from really small to very large. And of course you can have more, you know, it's, it's hard to call something a universal basic income if it's not like saturating an entire community of some kind. Mm -hmm. um, but you can, you can use the, uh, these methods to saturate communities um, with some amount of, of buying power through cryptocurrencies. And so I think that's, you've got that, that nice mix of, of building, it's a way of building support at the same time as immediately helping to increase people's economic security and buying power. And at the same time, hopefully um, being like the building this foundation for what should exist, I believe uh, on top of a basic income where, um, you know, everyone has this secure floor, but at the same time, you've got like hopefully a collection of things that are, that are adding additional top of it. So let's say if Facebook, you know, creates this Facebook coin kind of thing mm -hmm. and, and hopefully the way of sharing value with people in the network or creating that value, then each Facebook user could be earning this additional income on top of being part of that network. And of course, all these other platforms could be doing the same thing and they could be using cryptocurrencies or not. But either way, they're privately... Um, acknowledging the value of their networks and hopefully that's even from a competitive standpoint that makes sense like why would you use a network um, if both networks are the same size why would you use one network that doesn't compensate you for the value you create for using that network yeah. the other network does compensate you with value so it just seems like hopefully we're going to a space where in order to successfully compete in the Editors, you are actually compensating people for their value, and um, you know, I see this uh, blockchain as being part of what really makes that possible. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting. The the Facebook getting into it, I think they disclose what they're calling it, like global coin or, or something. Yeah, um, them entering the 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 field is like a game changer for sure, because um, where we've kind of been seeing this evolution of mana base is that people get their weekly we're calling it a social dividend now um just because it's very little amount each week um and uh and and they want to earn more um and where do people spend their time is on social media platforms creating content all that jazz so um and then yeah that's like the second layer is uh and it also adds to um some of the data of like people won't just be lazy <laughs> and just sit around, you know, people want to create, they want to get engaged in different uh, layers in, in their community and, 
so forth. So, um, yeah, that, that the Facebook thing is quite interesting for sure to see how that shakes out. Yeah, and it, just a quick word too, just since you mentioned data and and people worrying that people you know won't work. It's just it's it's funny how that works. How uh, you know if you if you ask people what you know other people would do with basic income, then there's a good chance that say eight out of ten people would be like, oh, they are going to work less. Given not work at all, but then if you ask that same person, what would you do with the basic income? Then eight out of ten people are like, "Oh, well, I'm <laughs> going to keep working and I'm going to do this. Um, I mean, there's like stuff I'm not doing. I'm able to do with the basic income." And it's just crazy that 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 divide that people have, and they're able to balance both those things in their mind at the same time when they absolutely conflict. It's like, like, come on, like everybody, everybody thinks they're special. That, that they are the ones who are going to do this great stuff that they think everyone else won't. And then if you just pull back and realize that you know all these people all want to do these things with basic income, then yeah, it just seems pretty clear that that we are not doing so much because we don't have a basic income. We really want to consider that question because I think that the answer to that question really helps define what basic income is. is it what is it that you're not doing because you don't start each month enough when you do live? Yeah. Uh, as soon as people achieve that, and it, it's not only about the money too. And I don't want to. I want to try to 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 get people to think about that. So it's important to start each month with enough money. But the fact is that that it's a stable amount. And so you always know what you're going to get for a long time horizon. Mm -hmm. So if, if you know what you're going to get, then you can plan around that and you know, the stress isn't there. So it, it's, it's, it's helpful even to think like, oh, is it a basic income? You know, if you get $12,000 once a year or if you get $12,000 a year, but every month it's like a random amount that you have no idea what you're going to get. Like, you know, it, those aren't based incomes. Uh, mm. I mean, it's, it's key. You've got to have that stable amount that you that you would there. And then once you do, it really does open up so many doors. But you suddenly think long term, like you've got a really long horizon. And right now, people are absolutely limited to short term thinking, short horizons, just trying to figure out how do they get through the next month. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that goes into a whole nother layer of like financial literacy and, and budgeting and all that, that I think has just been pushed to the side and just our core academia of what we're teaching children, <laughs> you know, and, and to go off on that point is, yeah, like, cause my, my wife's from Venezuela and they come from a, like where socialism has just deteriorated their, their country and hyperinflation and all that. And I was talking to my brother-in-law um, and like he's, he, I was like talking about Yang a while back and he's like, who's that? And now he's like, oh, I'm reading more about him. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he's like, yeah, but won't people just be, and I was like, what would, and I turned it immediately on to him and mm. their family was like, what would you do with another $2,000 with you and your wife and soon your mm. son will be 18? What would you guys do? Don't worry about other people. What would you do? Like, would that help push like some different things forward and all that? So mm -hmm. I think that's a good point is people try to analyze what others would do and people need to just really focus on what would you, what, what are you going to do uh, either 
with that if it actually comes to fruition or just what impact are you going to make on this planet um and not worry yeah. about it. <laughs> and, and also there, there's there's something there that, that i think people aren't um acknowledging and aren't coming to terms with because they don't want to which is is as soon as you ask the question, as soon as you show the concern that what if people stop working with a basic income, what does that mean? Well, the fact you're asking that question means that you believe that people should be forced to work and have no choice but not to work. And that's mm-hmm. what basic income creates that choice. And if you feel that people should have no choice but to work in a way that benefits you, then that's a real problem. I feel I mean, that's, that's straight up slavery and that's endorsing slavery. If yeah. that's your really concern. So like just even asking that question is extremely problematic. That's a, that's an interesting way to, to see it as well. The sla- yeah. Well, yeah. Cause it's just debt. I, I always call it the modern day slavery, uh, but these minimum job like wage jobs is basically just a capitalistic way to say <laughs> slavery to that we pay you a bare minimum um yeah for doing and, grunt work and anyone who's a fan of capitalism you know should want a free market for labor like it, you can pretend that that exists now by saying oh well you know you're choosing to do this job and you're choosing to do this wage you know because like you agree to it and it's like well no it's not the same you can't you know hold a gun to someone's head and say look do this or starve you know in and call that a free market <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's like you can't force someone to buy something at gunpoint you can't force them to work at gunpoint and so this is this is something that makes markets work better and not only for for but Markets don't function without money. I mean, this this is like the reason that markets work is the basically decentralized you know, calculating machine for supply and demand for what is it that people want and where do they want it? Like, what resources should you use to make it? How much of it should you make? Like, all these questions are uh, the the conclusions are drawn from the distributed mechanism that is the market, and so. People need to have that ability to, to, to signal. You know, you, 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 can't, you can't say that you want you know, bread if you don't have any money to buy bread. But if everybody has enough money, if everyone starts with $1,000 a month, then obviously there's plenty of money to buy bread. And then bread market, you know, that's a clean signal. Then you know, what kind of bread do people want? How much do people want where? You know, markets don't function there's no money to fuel those markets so you have to make sure that every market has at least some money and just like when you look at this through the way monopoly works you know how 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 well would monopoly work if everybody started the game with no money whatsoever and you didn't get any money for pass and go like you couldn't play the game you'd have to like i don't know like start off in debt to the bank in order to do this and everything you earned would have to be owed to the bank because of that and no money for passing go well there you go that's the system that we have right now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like describe it i i remember you uh using that analogy one time when i was going down the rabbit hole of your information <laughs> and 
that is one of the best analogies I've still, I haven't found one better. Um, but that's a very good way for people to think about it is the game of monopoly. Um, and, and yeah, like it would make products better too, that, uh, we would have choice to use our buying power to purchase, you know? Um, and yeah, so, so going off on, um, this, this one, I, I, this one might take a little bit more uh, thinking on, but I, I've thought about this a bit too, is, is as you see people coming on board into this um, kind of demographic that's forming and basic income, and we're getting a mix of cryptocurrency and basic income people, um, what, what uh, do you see that's a bit frustrating that people should recognize as they enter dialogue with people? And then also uh, within its community, because what I'm starting to see is like we're all for basic income, but there's different ideas to achieve it. And therefore, we're kind of fragmenting the energy that's shifting in that direction. Um, so what do you see as something that's a bit frustrating from your perspective that our listeners and our, our user base could kind of think about so we don't make those same mistakes um, as we try to take all the energy and put it in one direction to make all this happen. Sure. So I would say, you know, the, the thing I've been saying from the beginning is that basic income is not left or right, it's forward. And uh, I, I've tried to stress that within the basic income subreddit, where this is a place where no matter your political opinion, uh, whatever your perspective, you should discuss this openly and freely and be able to think of the people there, you know, as, as people who you, you both agree on the same thing and this is a community and that you should um, not judge people as you would um, as we tend to do so often otherwise you know we're, we're all working towards the same thing so uh, along those lines you know it's, it annoys me when when someone say pushes forward a, an argument that's that they feel a lot you know they feel passionate about for basic income, where they think well, maybe uh, they believe that inequality has gotten way too severe and that this is having um, a lot of problems, both socially and you know, the market. Um, you know, but for whatever reason, inequality is an issue that we can put things on. So, and then if someone else who even agrees with basic income then responds to that and says, Inequality isn't an issue. We shouldn't be worried about that. You know, da 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 da. Like, well, as I was raised to believe, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't tell it at all. And in this instance, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't help. Yeah, you're, if you're both going towards the same goal, then don't try to pull someone else down because you disagree with the reason, like their reasoning for going to your goal. Now, <laughs> Let them go up, and other people will be able to find them and latch on them and use the same argument to build up power base to, to get where they're going. So yeah, don't, don't push. Don't just if something is important to you, try to elevate that idea and and bring people on board to that perspective. And if we can get a whole bunch of people with a whole lot of different perspectives, all accruing people who believe in those perspectives as being important. We're all going to the same goal. We'll reach that goal. Uh, if, if, yeah. if you believe that, like, there's only one specific way of talking about basic income, only one right way 
and only one right reason or something, every other reason is wrong, then you're tearing people down and you're weakening the argument because you believe that by weakening others, you're strengthening yourself. And that's like a, a typical fallacy uh, uh, that even part of the problem of our social fabric, really. Yes, yes. <laughs> That is an excellent point. That that's that that hits at home for me. Is that because um, now like there's this basic income with the government implementation. Now there's like this there's open UBI like kind of using digital assets uh, from the free market layer to implement it. And I'm getting the sense that uh, like almost a competition type mindset. It's like no. Like right. there needs to be collaboration and put as much energy because we all have only a limited amount of energy on this planet. Like the only fact in life is we end up dying, <laughs> you know, and we're only here for a very minimal amount of time and we need to make this happen for the next generations or, or there could be literally a two trajectory way, a, a, a state of dystopia or a state of very fruitful utopia in, in my mind. Yeah, yeah, and it's so like part of the reasoning behind this too is is it's just it's a naturally emergent property from a from a scarcity mindset, you know, and that's part yeah. of the problem is that if you're not thinking, if you're not secure, and if you're you know worried and you know you're not thinking from an abundant mindset, then you're going towards zero sum thinking, and you're thinking that in order for you to win, someone else has to lose. But of course, non zero sum thinking and and abundant thinking is saying that oh, if if everybody everybody can win you know if if everyone is better off everyone is better off that's entirely logical and it works you know mm -hmm. um natalie portman had a nice quote of this too i'll butcher it or not but it was, it was she was talking about something else but she's saying that you know when you light someone else's porch you, you don't lose your flame it doesn't go from yours to theirs yeah get more light, more heat. You lit both and now you eat better and you can use that and light more. And so that's that's this non zero sum thinking. And so even to go back to the, to the monopoly analogy, but funny that that uh, it, the the original game had two sets of rules. Um, and of course the game itself is stolen by a capitalist who then uh, is known for creating the game with only that one set of rules, but it was actually created uh, originally with two sets of rules and uh, by uh, a woman named uh, uh, Maggie. And one set of rules was basically what we know as monopoly, and the other set of rules um, was for prosperity. And prosperity, under prosperity rules, uh, there was essentially a land value tax and dividend, and so it was like it really he had like kind of some and so it's even teaching it was meant to be land value tax from um he was Georgist, so it was teaching like the value of Georgism um, as like increasing the functionality of capitalism. Um but the way that you won that under prosperity rules was that the person with the least amount of wealth, you know, had to surpass a certain point that everyone else has already passed. So, so, it, so the game was won when the least well-off person also won, essentially. You know, when mm -hmm. everyone was sufficiently well-off, that's prosperity. Everybody wins. So 
it's, it's just a, it's a different way of thinking, and I, I, it's, it's much it's, again it's another catch twenty two where the challenge is that to get to that you need a basic income or get there. It means it's a abundance mentality. At the same time, not having that and having a scarcity mentality restricts and kind of slows our ability and fight against us for getting basic income. Yep. Very, very cool, man. Well, you have been a huge inspiration to keep fighting the good fight because there's been days where it's a lot harder than others. And then there's been great days, but it, it's a, a continuous uh, journey um, as we go down this whole uh, path. And what I, what I love to see is people putting their skin in the game. Um, these newcomers coming in and all, I love supporting that because it's one thing to, to talk about it and all that, which is great, but it's a whole nother uh, endeavor to put your put your heart and soul into it. And you are an epitome of, of doing that and committing your life to this. And I really have a lot of respect for you, Scott, and I know the community does too. And I uh, would love for you to close out any uh, final thoughts and then where we can uh, keep tabs on um, your story as it unfolds and um, yeah. I guess, uh, so final thoughts, uh, like along these lines of, of like where we're going and, and how excite and like how excitement is building and stuff is, I, I think I, I've been thinking about this where there's, it's a lot harder to, to really push for an idea. Um, it, it's, there's no, it's, it's, it's not something you can hold on to. It's, it's, it's very amorphous and, and you don't know when's going to happen. Like I have no idea when this is going to happen. I have no idea where it's going to happen first. But you know, I'm I've devoted myself to this. But that's really difficult to do. Whereas Andrew Yang has made this more of a tangible thing. So this is if you support him, and if he gets enough votes for it, then suddenly basing some can happen in 2021 potentially. So it's like you've got a person you can support. You've got a way that you can put your money towards with the tangible outline, the possible deadline, and a, a date. Or like this is possible by 2021 if we're able to meet these various requirements. So it, it, that's like really helped build or what's like helping power the Yang Gang and its growth is that you can get excited about something that's, that's more real. Um, and so whatever happens um, when come election time in 2020, you know, this is, we can, we can potentially achieve this if enough people get involved. And so I hope that people do get involved. And also, even if you don't support Gang, and let's say you do support, um, you know, more like crypto initiatives and these things, and for those things, like just find something where you can devote your resources, you know, monetary resources, uh, your efforts, your volunteering efforts, your skills. Um, you know, just try to find something you can be involved in where you are part of this movement that builds towards this outcome. Um, and I think if you know, enough people do that, you know, what is, what's that number, magical number, it's like four, four and a half percent or something like that, where 
you know, if, if enough people uh, are extremely involved towards reaching some goal, then you're able to hit like a tipping point where it yeah. everybody else and then suddenly that happens. So yeah. it's not like we have to support, you know, we don't have to get, you know, 80% of the population extremely involved in this to make it happen. It's just we have to get enough extremely motivated people to do this. And once we do, it'll be even a faster, you know, and more energetic than we're seeing right now. This is a, a you know, hopefully inevitable a chemical reaction, essentially. But yeah. um, you, know, you need, you got to have the, the foundation, to have the catalyst, and we can make this happen. Just you know, people need to understand that um, um, this is possible in the short term. You just got to find something you do to help. Yep. Awesome, brother. Well, uh, yeah, anyone that uh, wants to find it's scottsantons.com, right? Is your personal uh, website there? I can yes. put some comments here. Yeah, my blog is scottsantons.com. Uh, I tweet a lot, so follow me at scottsantons on Twitter. And I've got a YouTube channel, uh, scottsantons, there as well. Um, I've been posting um, the various podcast episodes to my podcast is on Anchor. And I also just uh, started Facebook Company Day, which is like a, a UBI news hub for yes. keeping track of like the most important kind of stuff. Related. Yes, congratulations on that. That's very Thanks. cool. And uh, yeah, and you accept uh, mana for uh, support. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll get that. I, I think your address is on your website. So I really appreciate what you do, man. You, you are a huge Thanks. inspiration, bro. And um, just so honored to be on this journey and be a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining the journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll do my small part where, where my strengths are and uh, yeah. where this all goes. So um, I'm going to wrap us up here and uh, really appreciate it, Scott. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks for listening to the Hedge for Humanity podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give us a positive rating. 